Welcome to the Buried Gems Podcast, where we dig through internet literature to try and find the next big thing. So I was in the elevator uh, the other day, um, and I was like, I, I walk in, and there's two other people there, and then this uh, guy, uh, I said, hey, can you hit six for me? And he goes, do you want me to touch it, or do you want me to hit it? And I'm like, jokingly, I'm kind of like, just punch it, yeah, break it. And he's like, but then we'll break the elevator, and we'll get stuck here, and you won't be able to go anywhere. And I'm like, hey, I'll be able to skip a test. And then he unironically turns to me and goes, you're going to be tested your entire life. Your spouse is going to test you. Your boss is going to test you. You should get out of that attitude <laughs> and think of a test as a way to show your knowledge. Who is this? <laughs> it was some random old fucker just, <laughs> just in the Oh elevator. my god. Where was Little that? does he know that you probably make more money than he does. <laughs> Or yeah. much more. This is a blocker. It was some guy for the kinesiology department. Your wife will test you, and then she'll leave you and take the kids, and you'll be left alone. Because you keep skipping the test. Because you, you failed your test, kid. I'm gonna keep punching elevators and make your problems go away. You know, you fail, you know what happens when you don't fit, you know, you know, pass your test, you beat your wife. And then you know what happens after you beat your wife? She leaves you. <laughs> Fucking happened to me, I swear to god. <laughs> Anything happened crazy happened to you? Nope. Life is pretty regular. So that's our that's our great guest there. He's a <laughs> real interesting guy having a normal life and all. <laughs> there are some uh, interesting facts that I will not share. Oh, okay, so you're even worse. Like you you have something interesting to say and you're like, no, I'm not gonna say it. This I'm not gonna say it. I wouldn't say it. Can't make me. That's true. <laughs> uh, we have decided to try and find the best literature on the internet to find the next harry potter and i'm and the best way to do that is through going through amateur authors like could be the big authors they're already known we already know if they're going to make it big most of them didn't they only went like halfway we got to go from the bottom and find these great stories that are going to be the next big thing i can assure you and so that's what we're doing here today at barry gyms we're digging up the internet gems that we all love and well we're going to love because they haven't made it yet but they will okay. we love it they will make it they will, they will make, it. make it they will be better than harry potter we will show you audience we will show you that these will be better stories than harry potter ever could have been ever could have been you know what okay so <laughs> let's get on to our first well, story harry potter um, here, and so Yep. I'm glad I can good. be here to provide my unbiased opinion. Yeah, these, as we both know, are literary experts, um, being uh, <laughs> computer science and electrical engineering. Respectfully. <laughs> I, I, I can make sentences. Hey, I read. Yeah, that's a good point. Look, you're getting paid more than those people, so that makes you more qualified. <laughs> that's how I see <laughs> that's, that's how America works. If you get paid more, you're more qualified to do things. So that's, that's literally how it works in America. Uh-huh. Yeah, right now I get paid zero dollars per day. Wow, I'm regretting bringing you on the podcast. You're only making <laughs> right, zero dollars <laughs> Man, a homeless person that's panhandling is more, you know, <laughs> is more eligible to give his, you know, feedback on this. This is really embarrassing. Honestly, that person would probably have some interesting stuff to bring to the table. They would. They you would bring them in. Yeah, that's that's pretty common with the <laughs> <laughs> with the panhandlers. Panhandlers say they don't want to say anything interesting. They, they just want spare change. Spare change. Well, if you guys are ready, I got a great story. 
I think this one's going to make it. I think this one will be able to beat uh, J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter easily. You think so? You think I totally so? think so. It's from, I found it on ficwad.com. If uh, anyone not listening, ficwad's just a great site for original fiction. And um, it was written by Leaded Wind. Uh, that's just how you say it. His bio is very, very weak. It just says blah, but you know, privacy. But he does, <laughs> but he does give his real name, which is Rob. So we'll, we can refer to him by Rob. At this point, so Rob, Rob wrote this wrote the story. He hasn't been very active on the site. Uh, he joined in 2005 and wrote this story. In fact, he joined on the same day that he wrote this story, and he hasn't uh, done anything since. So this is a very old story, but I think not enough people have seen it because it's only gotten one review, and so I think it's just kind of been swept under the rug. And so it's a comedy slash action adventure uh, based in Australia, Ooh. and it, it's really great. Um, can you do an Australian accent? <laughs> No, oh, crikey, I'm going to try. <laughs> That's just Steve Irwin. <laughs> That's Australian, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Maybe like a, a southern country dialect of... <laughs> I think that you know that's a- that's adequate. I was just told Australian. I didn't say where. Well, okay, okay. if you guys are ready, uh, this is uh, Operation Shrubbery by Rob, aka Leaded Wind. Hey, look at the dumb roofs! Snorted the obnoxious tourist. He felt safe under the protection of the soldier accompanying the tour group, but also slightly paranoid. Guns weren't a welcome sight in his native country. Harrison, the soldier's name tag read, and three chevrons sat on each of his sleeves. He seemed detached from his intended purpose and was more intent on the sightseeing, the tourist deduced, as the soldier was wearing a cheap fluorescent pink souvenir hat with a picture of a pineapple on the front. It was so bright that he had to put on his sunglasses to look at it directly. Sergeant Jim Harrison was quite the well-reputed soldier at the FNT, with which he Wait, worked... Yeah? Don't you, you... You get punished for not wearing your attire correctly. A pink Absolutely. hat is a d- disgrace <laughs> to, the, to this uniform. Like... Is this guy really a soldier? Maybe we're actually being like a fet. Maybe the Australian military wears fluorescent pink hats, and they're like, you know, they're just like, you know, very metrosexual in that way. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we're being closed-minded. I mean, it says here that it seems like he was more interested in sightseeing because he was he deduced that from him wearing the pink hat. So maybe uh, I, I don't think so. so. I just imagine the soldier guy he's just wearing like. <laughs> I imagine it has lights on it too that just like you know twinkle as well too. It's like oh crikey, yeah. you have a soldier disgracing his duty. Yeah, and, and they're looking at looking at okay, kangaroos, okay. you know, looking at some kangaroos. Sergeant yeah, Jim it. Harrison was quite the well-reputed soldier at the FNT, which with he worked for a little over three years now. For this reason, he wasn't very impressed with being assigned to tour group security. He was in the task force who dismantled the major drug ring back in '98, and that was in the days when he was still a private. He had even gone as far back as Nam. Well, he knew some people who had. Okay, he would have liked to. But in any case, the, this job was just embarrassing. In case you don't know, the FNT is an Australian federal police agency that has been a totally black organization until 2003, after the revelation that ASIO never actually existed. The people of Australia needed to know that there was an agency competent enough to protect them from terrorists and similar threats. But that, that wasn't the reason the government made the FNT public, public knowledge. It was actually an accident and not the fault of the government at all, although the director still blames them. The advertising is this a documentary? <laughs> like I, I have, this is like a history lesson. Like Is this accurate? Like I I, I, I wanna I have no idea. I'm not FNT. a He did some research before I 
I mean, there's a whole paragraph. You guys are going to learn a lot about F&T, and I don't know about the rest of the story, but at least in this paragraph. Right? I mean, apparently there was a major drug ring back in 98 as well, too, you know? So, I mean, you know, Australia, not as safe as one was led to believe. <laughs> Very sketch. That's what everyone says about Australia, how safe it is with all those crazy animals <laughs> that kill you. Well, good thing they took the guns away from them. <laughs> I feel like this can't be political. I feel like this can't be real because of the, how, where this goes, but you'll see. The advertising yeah, branch of the FNT, which had absolutely no use whatsoever until 2003, accidentally came up with and released to the public a new advertising campaign for the organization. Strangely, they ad- accidentally <laughs> came up with. So, like, they didn't mean to, like, they just accidentally came up with an advertisement, and then it was just like, oh, we just accidentally released it. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's how, how it happens. You accidentally think of an advertisement, and then you accidentally release it to millions of people. <laughs> At yeah. the same time, it's like, oh, man, dude, like, this would be great market. Oh, man, I accidentally released it to the people. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like the Gillette scenario. <laughs> they accidentally released it. They accidentally like, oh, released it. Oh, God. This, is a, this oh, guy man. is a Nostradamus, and this is a... An allegory to the modern day Gillette company, the FT. <laughs> I mean, the oh, hat, man, we know? accidentally shot this advertisement. Uh, this was completely by accident, guys. We swear. That's oh, all, man. This now, guy was is. Was the FNT involved in the Great Emu War? Oh, that's a good question. Well, they were a secret police organization, so yes, definitely. They were controlling the emus. Uh, (laughs) The emu emu war is the most serious war we've ever had in our world. So, you know, I I can understand where this guy's coming from. As a veteran of the emu wars, he's got a lot on his plate. Strangely, this advertising branch still had absolutely no use, with the exception of selling Federal Nose Tappers brand toothpaste and blueberry muffins. Harrison remembered those days, no in-your-face media, not that he ever got any attention. He was just a sergeant, a tour group escort. Suddenly, Harrison's attention shifted to one of the kangaroos. It seemed to have a vengeful look in its eyes. Hey, you take that back! Yelled the now angry and disgruntled marsupial. What the- One of the tourists exclaimed. Okay, who the hell said that? Harrison's eyes widened. What the fuck? He half murmured. (laughs) Sweat was running down his face. He started to get a bit scared now. He knew that panic was probably the last helpful thing in this kind of situation, apart from a bullet wound to the center of the forehead. Maybe. But no one ever listens to what they teach you in military training. Uh, Get away from the roost! Go! 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 Get back to the bus! He yelled, and at that (laughs) moment, a vast majority of the tour group started screaming and whining and generally running around in random directions. It's just Kangaroo Jack, guys. Like... (laughs) (laughs) like why are they so afraid of you know there was a big movie at the time this this story was made with the the kangaroo that talked why is harrison (laughs) causing such a scene why are they so afraid of it because the kangaroo yeah it's like the horror version jack it's angry and disgruntled (laughs) oh my god it can talk run run Harrison raised his PG-SMG 15mm level to his shoulder and aimed it in the general direction of the kangaroos, when suddenly, a whiny American environmentalist, by far the least terrified person (laughs) in the group, pacifistically protested the way environmentalists do. Don't shoot the poor, defenseless, rufous, macropus! She yelled in a very irritating way, so Harrison didn't mind when one of the roos nearly removed her neck with one swift movement. 
<laughs> Holy fuck. Harrison was now starting to get scared. <laughs> fuck the fucking fuckers! He yelled obscenely as he lined the, as he lined <laughs> up the sight on the top of his weapon with the target and fired a few 15mm rounds into the ferocious but now dead-looking marsupial skull. Another furious-looking Rue leapt two meters into the air in preparation for a roundhouse kick to the side of another tourist's head when suddenly yet another tourist took a photo with Flash. <laughs> the Rue executed the blow to the Yank's head as he hit the ground. He lost his footing due to the unexpectedness of the Flash photography and stumbled to the ground. He was now absolutely psychotic and let out a mighty roar, as kangaroos <laughs> often do. <laughs> The rest of the tour group, 17, although not all American, was now rimpering with pure black terror with a dash of French Dijon mustard at the side of the Australian sports mascot, minus the boxing gloves going postal on fellow humans. This kind of act of senseless violence wasn't supposed to happen to people who earned over $30,000 a year unless they were crime lords or politicians. The terror that the innocent tourists were experiencing now escalated into pure, even more terror, as a horde of the supposedly vegetarian beasts seemed to engulf the horizon in answer to the, to the bellow of their comrade. This is Harrison with Tour Group 17. We're under attack! Said! The radio went dead. Captain Luke Stevens was sitting in the F&T cafeteria with three of his mates. Sitting next to him was Major Wilson, the second most arrogant man in this part of the F&T. Sitting diagonally opposite him was Captain O'Brien, the guy who everyone calls Patty, because he's originally from Ireland, but also because his first name is Patrick. Sitting opposite him was Major Gary, who's been an orphan for longer than he can remember. Luke was Wait. Yeah? Wait, hang, hang on. Patty is he's... just a nickname for Patrick. Like, it doesn't <laughs> have to do with being Irish. <laughs> no, it's an Irish thing, too. I guess maybe if you're Irish and named Patrick, you're more likely to be called Patty. I'm not cultured like... or anything. Like, I'm not claiming to know this, but... <laughs> I also like that, like, Major Gary, it's like, the thing that we know about him is that he was a flippin' orphan. It's like... For longer than he can remember. He can remember. So, <laughs> so, so his entire <laughs> life. <laughs> entire life. Is that what people use to describe people? It's like, there's Timmy. Timmy, you know, he may be a major, but he's been orphaned because his parents are fucking dead. What? <laughs> Why is that relevant? Orphaned before birth. Luke was <laughs> munching on his favorite kind of sandwich. He liked club sandwiches. The two-story kind with three pieces of bread. He always had different trimmings on each sandwich every day. Today he was eating all with chicken, lettuce, lots of mayonnaise, medium chili sauce, triple triple minty berry flavored crunchy ice cream topping, peanut butter with bits in it, and a wad of chocolate flavored crispy custard. What brand of bread was it? Does the author tell us that detail as well? No, no, it doesn't tell us what the bread is. Just it tells just everything else. Everything in the sandwich but the bread. <laughs> Suddenly, a blob of mayonnaise squirted out from the back of his FNT exclusive lunch and impacted near the eye of his work colleague, Gary, who, while he was reaching for his incredibly compact mobile phone, from the sheer shock of having mayonnaise in his eye and dribbling down his face, he dropped his incredibly compact mobile phone onto the floor <laughs> and was distraught to see the casing shatter into several billion pieces. Rip. You bitch! That cost me two bucks! He complained. <laughs> Luke looked sli slightly amused. At least your phone is miraculously intact, he said as he ducked under a retaliatory flying chip. He now found it necessary to man the battle stations, and dove under a table, launching the remainder of his sandwich at Gary. Still having mayonnaise in his eye, Gary was unaware of the edible projectile, Damn. and was- 
that's commitment. He's like so angry. He's willing to, you know, like they described the sandwich earlier and it was elaborate. It's a big sandwich. He, he personally made it, customized it to his own liking, and now he's throwing it at him. Like, I mean, this is enraged. Like, this is anger. It's, that's it's, it's, hatred. And it's a it's heavy enraged. sandwich. Do you guys, you guys heard how much stuff's on that sandwich? And that chili sauce is going to get in his eye now? I mean, that's going to hurt. Okay. And, he, and he was struck squarely in the face. Suddenly, a cafeteria-wide food fight ensued. Sandwiches, chips, beef, burgers, salad, everything was flying around the place, generally hitting other people. Major Wilson, being the man he is, grabbed as much food as he could and ran around, v- valeriously throwing it to anyone who was within range. He ended up covered in a thick paste of what used to be recognizable as specific kinds of food. I'd like to point out, we are in the FNT headquarters. So this would be happening. This is an American Dad episode. Like, like this isn't like a normal government agency. <laughs> like, well, I, I just hope that they're all wearing pink hats. That's well. Just then, Gary's extremely compact, coverless mobile phone rang. He picked it up off the ground and thumbed the answer button. Major Gary, is this Major Gary? Demanded the familiar, familiarly unwelcome voice at the other end of the line. No, this is the director. Get back to work. Uh, Shut up, Gary. You'll get three weeks unpaid suspension for that. (laughs) Big threats. Shouted the dictatorial Colonel Davies, head of the Defense Task Force in Ambor. Ah, come on, sir. I was only joking. He pleaded futilely. You should have thought about that before assaulting a superior officer! Yelled the overreacting (laughs) bastard. And why aren't you and Captain Shaman at your post? You could have missed something important! It's almost Captain- like you, you, you have uh, experience with uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. our sergeants. Uh. <laughs> Captain Stevens and I were having our lunch break, sir. He explained. That's no excuse! Get back to your post! Uh, he screamed <laughs> just before hanging up. <laughs> uh. Hey, Luke, our fearless leader just cut short our lunch hour, Gary said cynically. Guess we better go then. Don't want to be charged for treason, replied Luke. (laughs) See you in five, Patty. Uh, Later, Luke. Gary and Luke tidied up their uniforms, tucked in their shirts and all that crap, and headed for the corridor to the station in which they were currently posted. At present, they were investigating a very unusual case. To be honest, Gary had never worked on or even heard of a case more messed up than this one, and he'd worked for the FTNT for seven years. He'd been in the FTNT for a fair while, longer than anyone he knew had, who hadn't retired or been killed. He'd even seen the silhouette of the back of the director's head over a comlink once. He also heard of someone, re- some really whack shit, as in real black stuff, R18 classified. For example, once he heard that the FNT recruited psych- psychically gifted persons and horses, the latter of which should never be looked in the mouth. He also met some pretty evil janitors during some of his later shifts. Really evil janitors. The FNT also worked on some projects that only a few people in the world. Oh yeah, make fun of the, the lower class. Right. <laughs> it's, this is just the story that we're having here, man. We're just gonna have the lower class be made fun of. Makes just, sense. Hey, bring it up with Rob. What <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened to the kangaroos? Like, uh, it doesn't seem to. What happened? Yeah. It's just I mean, like these guys are like kangaroos. It's a big deal. Like, why? Why is the author leaving that aside? That's a very good question. Um, maybe, maybe we'll see what happens with the kangaroos. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. 
The FNT also uh, worked on projects that only a few people in the world have ever heard of. For example, FNT was supposed to be involved in the capture of an experimentation on alien life forms. And one time, he heard of something called the Mickey Mouse Project. It sounded so ridiculous that it was almost plausible as an actual FNT operation. He hadn't heard anything about it, or even if it was still an operation today. And on top of all that, the FNT makes some mean blueberry muffins. This case still hasn't been mentioned at length, though. It's a very strange one, and should be explained for the sake of the plot. Over the past few months, several cases of unsolved mass murder have been reported all over the world. The FNT is handling those cases in Australia, and more specifically, Gary's investigating the cases in and around Nambour. The connection between all of these cases is still unknown in most cases. Some of these attacks were executed with large, blunt weapons, some by animals, dogs, says Colonel Davis, some with high explosives and heavy energy weapons, and some had not yet been determined at all. By this point, Luke and Gary were nearly back to their temporary station. You're also probably wondering whether Gary is, is his first name or his surname. It's actually both. Captain Gary Gary. I'll explain. A few hours after he was born, Gary's parents, Mr. and Mrs. McKenzie, had named their new son Gary. When the time came to write his birth certificate, there was a slight problem. The secretary who typed it up had a very short attention span, and after writing the given name as Gary, was distracted by a flake of dry, cracking paint moving a quarter of a centimeter. When she returned to reality to write his surname, she had completely forgotten where she was up to and wrote Gary. His parents were quite confused, and when they saw the certificate, and claimed that they received the wrong baby. Their child's surname would be McKinsey, not Gary. So Gary Gary had been an orphan since he'd been about five hours <laughs> old. <laughs> Only reasonable thing to do. Uh, I need to return this baby. I'm just going to leave this baby in the street because he has the wrong name. <laughs> and the McKinseys never found what they thought of as their real son. So these motherfuckers had their kid. Yeah, they and were it, like, so we have to return this. Uh, this actually, <laughs> the certificate clearly says Gary Gary. I don't know who this Gary Gary is, but we are looking for a Gary McKenzie. Uh, well, we can't find it in the database. All we have is a Gary Gary. All right, someone clearly stole our son. So we're going to give this one back, and we're just going to, you know, not have a son now. <laughs> oh, my God. That is, I love how they explain that when they didn't have to at all. I wouldn't have. <laughs> When they reached the station to which they had been assigned, Gary and Luke found the red light on the radio receiver flashing. Gary approached it and pressed the button next to it. You have one new message. The monotonous voice said, with short yet distinctly robotic pauses between each word. Message received at 12.03 p.m. and 28 seconds. There was a short pause, about half a second, <laughs> closely followed by the message. This is Sergeant Harrison with Tor Group 17. We're under attack. Stand. The radio went dead. Gary looked at his watch. 18 past 12. The words were mixed up with automatic gunfire and a single gun, by the sounds of it, as well as other noises, which Gary felt he had to identify. I think we just lost Harrison. Gary said to Luke who had taken a seat a little under a meter from him. The grief... (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Oh, that son of a bitch is dead. Now we can really party, eh, Luke? (laughs) I couldn't stand that guy. (laughs) The grief of having lost a subordinate seemed to make him completely unaware of the fact that he had just pointed out the blatantly obvious, as people often do in American movies. This guy's Uh, not fond of Americans. (laughs) Making fun of the Americans that are all environmentalists and make awful movies. <laughs> oh, bug <laughs> Replied his friend and workmate of five and a half years. 
What took him down? Gary rewound the tape for a second, and then he pressed the play button. Luke listened intently for a few seconds when his face developed a confused quality. What the hell? Sounds like ninjas or something. Luke put on a confused face. Well, paint me purple, glaze my nipples, or call me Pauline. We never got anything even close to ninjas before. Except maybe the sumo wrestlers in the Glasgow case in 99. The confusion on Luke's face seemed to increase in magnitude. Aren't they Russian or something? Gary didn't hear Luke's airheaded query. He was still listening to the answering machine. It sounded like another one of those animal attacks with all the throat ripping and back scratching going on. It sounds like another animal attack. With all the throat ripping and back scratching going on. He told Luke. Uh, pro probably another dog attack. He responded sarcastically. Gary wasn't convinced. He replayed the, the tape again and again and again. Luke almost fell asleep. After about seven minutes of drinking coffee and listening to the message, he heard a decisive. Okay, Luke's. I am giving you coffee and you're still falling asleep. You are the worst soldier ever. He is like the most shortest attention span. He's falling asleep after seven minutes of listening to the same tape. Guys, I can't keep going on. It's been seven whole minutes. Maybe Luke was the one the who wrote eat. Gary's birth name on his. Oh, he was the clerk. Maybe. It's all been a. It's all maybe been a. Both got very short Crikey, I hope you would never find out. <laughs> or maybe it's just Australians that have a very short attention. Yeah, maybe maybe Rob has a very short attention span. He relates to Luke. No, when yeah. he became a major, like it was his award ceremony, like for Gary, Gary. We've always found him to be the top class of our military. You know, Gary, Gary. Drink <laughs> uh, coffee, listening to the message. He heard a decisive clue, which led to him deducing something quite revolutionary to the investigation. Hey, Luke, you hear that? He said for the first time in hundreds of seconds. Hundreds of seconds? <laughs> we make it. It's been seven minutes, so like what? It's been 420 whole seconds before they talked. God. Luke <laughs> stood up wearily. Oh, you finally fucking finished fucking? He almost shouted despite his dreariness. What did you fucking hear? Listen. Gary played the tape again. Ah, the kangaroos are going crazy! No shit, Sherlock! Gary put on a private detective kind of <laughs> face. The kind that tells you when a movie detective has discovered something that you figured out half an hour ago. Looks like we got a rule problem. The end. A room wow. problem? Like a kangaroo. Uh, I knew it all it. came back to kangaroo. I knew it was the kangaroo. Okay, so, um, A, uh, any constructive criticism first for this uh, author who hasn't checked on this in a few years? He introduces too many characters too quickly. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. that's a pretty good point. Alright, so why did Patty exist? Because all he said was like, "Hey, we'll see you later, Patty." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "All right, man." And they also, he also spent a, a lot of time explaining why his name was Patty. Yeah, he goes off on tangents. Yeah. Oh no, I thought it was pretty good. Like, uh, four out of five Harry Potters for me. Really, I give it a one out of five Harry Potters. There was no good substance here when it comes to you know, actually giving some Harry Potter's development here. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, what about you? I'll give it a two out of five for effort. So uh, that averages out to like, let's say two and a half Harry Potters. Okay. So I mean, obviously. Wasn't bad. I mean, he's 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 trying to be comedic, and I didn't I didn't laugh. 
<laughs> yeah, we have audio proof that you did. I didn't laugh. No what? No single fake time. News, for the... <laughs> well, so, sadly, I thought this one was going to make it off, but apparently it probably won't. You guys gave it a pretty low score. Well, you know what? We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we got uh, sponsors to please, you know. Um, and uh, we'll see you back in a little bit to, to read a few more stories. I don't know about you, but I'm getting kind of tired of the new modern look. I mean, it's just, just me, or do brands like Movement and Mack Weldon, just, they, they say too much for my personal taste, and I'm assuming that you probably are on my same wavelength here. And that's why you need to talk to our sponsor, Stationery, a postmodern and post-movement men's fashion brand. Now, they're a fairly new company, so they don't have a, a huge mall presence or anything, but they have sent me a great product, and I just need to tell you guys about it. I mean, it's just amazing. It's the postmodern watch. Now, normally you might get a modern watch or just a normal timepiece, but this one questions the very narrative of time in your existence. It doesn't even have a clock on it, and that's what makes it hip. Now, you could just go to Movement. They have nice watches. Who knows? Maybe. Or you could try and question watches in general. Now, Stationery has a great deal right now. You can get two of these postmodern watches. They're really just leather bands with a little drawing on them. But you can get two of them for around $400 at their website, postmovement.stationery.com. Um, if you go there and use the uh, promo code Buried Gems, you will not only get 50% off your first purchase, but will they will also ship you a broken clock, just to, to really nail that point home. And you can hang it up on your friends and be like, show all your hipster friends, hey, look, I got a cool broken clock from a new company. I mean, that's cool as shit. So, you know what? Just, why even listen to me anymore? Why are you still listening to the podcast? Go to that website and buy that watch. I mean, if you won't, I sure will. <laughs> This one I'm I'm really um uh, I think this one might is definitely better than Harry Potter almost guaranteed. Um, it's by an author called Wasp. It, it's by a Wasp Sting. It, this is on FictionPress.com. He joined in April nineteenth, two thousand seventeen. Here's his bio real quick. Hello, you may have heard of me. I am Wasp Sting, but was once called Honeybee Twelve. I like reading and writing stories, especially funny stories. It helps me restore my slowly dying faith in humanity. And stories about oh. revenge are my favorite. I want to write a book someday. I write for fan fiction too. And when, I, when I'm on there, my username is FoxtrotTango543. So if anyone interested in following up, seeing what Watson is about, that's his bio, that's his name. He's on Fiction Press. He's also on fanfiction.net apparently under FoxtrotTango543. Apparently he doesn't have much faith in humanity. And well, let's see if that you know, moves over to his literature. Uh, this is uh, this has got three chapters in it, and it's called Hypocrisy Hunter. <laughs> it was. I, I had to say I do like how his uh, his name switched from what was it like Honeybee to 
Off sting. Now I'm wasting. Yeah, he was honeybee twelve and now he's wasps he had a little evolution. He got a little got edgy. A... He got a little edgier, you know, he got that he got the wasps can sting you and not die, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh evolved. We'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we fill the sting. It was a normal day for Rupert Harris as he walked the halls of Oxbro Lake High School. Outside, people were talking. A group of football players were playing catch, and one person was reading. Inside, however, was a whole different story. Hey, newbie! What did you do to make yourself this fat? cried Amanda, grabbing at an exposed <laughs> belly roll that was peeking out of the new girl's shirt. A small group of people laughed. Aww. OMG! Where do you get the nerve to come out of your house, Cheryl? You look like a whale. Poor Cheryl. Why, you why can do come you up care? with a nerve. Cheryl shrieked. <laughs> this isn't your problem. It isn't your business. Oh, it's my business. Amanda asserted, shaking her victim's slightly flabby upper arm. I have to look at you, Piggy. You're putting me off my lunch. More laughter accompanied her statement. You've probably already eaten it! Amanda's victim shrieked. Now let me explain Cheryl's insult to Amanda for those of you who are a little confused. Sure, Cheryl, Cheryl was a little chubby, and several boys thought she was a nice girl, but could stand to lose a few pounds. But that was nothing compared to Amanda, who was firmly in the category of the top 10% of obese people of her age. But judging from her increasingly cool, but cruel bouts of fat-shaming young women with low confidence, she either didn't know or didn't care. Most people shrugged off her criticism, <laughs> telling Amanda that it was a classic case of the pot calling the kettle black. But her jibes really got to some of her victims, victims like Cheryl. Okay, okay. This is... This isn't realistic. If you're making fun of something for something that you do worse... <laughs> I, absolutely it, it, something. It, does, it doesn't work. Like, you can't it be like, works. It works, man. Let's just say, and I'm not going to get into it, but let's just say someone that has power always says that a particular individual lies. Or a particular platform lies. Even though that person is known to lie a lot, a lot, a lot. You see what I'm saying here? Are you catching? It's Harrison. Goddamn Sergeant Harrison in his fucking lies. He's a liar. And dead. All I'm saying. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can't eat it. You did. And that means I need to have your lunch to make up for you eating mine. Now hand over your lunch money, pig. Amanda ordered, holding out a chubby palm and expecting cash and coins to be placed on it. Just as Cheryl was about to hand over the money, Rupert spoke up. That's enough, Amanda. Stop being such a hypocrite. He told her. Both girls turned to look at him. Amanda with rage <laughs> and Cheryl with gratitude. Okay, so she's so fat because she steals other people's lunch money to buy a bigger <laughs> lunch. Both lunch, right? <laughs> Smart idea. But but she might be doing them a favor. Like now, like now you don't have any money to buy lunch. It's so centralizing. You're it's centralizing the obesity into Amanda. Yeah, because she eats everyone's lunch. And yeah, yeah. So she'll just, like, die of a heart attack sooner and stop bothering people. <laughs> well, they'll all it's be hot and skinny, you know. Yeah, you know, maybe we're looking at this wrong. Maybe she I... is the savior that we didn't necessarily ask for, but the one is... that we need. This is She's the best kind of bully. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> Batman, guys. 
she's she's helping people that she bullies like and uh, you know that's there's something beautiful to that so mm-hmm. don't you see how fat she is you blind <laughs> piece of trash amanda shrieked she should go on a diet until she looks acceptable enough to go out in public yeah you tell her <laughs> why don't you why don't you go on one with her Rupert suggested Amanda went <laughs> ballistic. How dare you tell a lady to lose weight, you piece of crap! Amanda yelled. <laughs> so you know that you are destroying feminism with your success comments? <laughs> I feel like both our authors today are very much against liberals. <laughs> well, you'll see, uh, this guy, Rupert, he's a good guy, Greg. He's a, he's a hero. Oh. Uh, feminism is about equality for both genders, meaning one gender can't claim superiority over the other, and both of them have the same rights. If a man isn't allowed to tell a lady to go on a diet, then a woman shouldn't either. Todd told her, and a loud oh, cheers yeah. erupted. Cheryl had a tear of joy <laughs> in her eye. Woo! Oh, an accomplishment for humankind. <laughs> you got him. <laughs> This is uh, this is really modern feminism. I, I think this is <laughs> like there's this literary piece could uh... and Cheryl. There's gonna be a thing between them. There's definite chemistry. I can feel it. Okay. Oh, it's there's tension. There's, there's tension. tension. I'm tense. Guys, you should feel me right now. I'm very tense. <laughs> Thank you. She whispered. Nobody, nobody's ever done this for me before. What's your name? I'm Rupert Harris, he replied. <laughs> anyway, I have to go. As he turned to leave, he heard the crowd talking between themselves. The voice of a boy and girl reached his ears. Isn't it cool how that guy stopped Amanda from being such a hypocrite? The first student excitedly told his friend. It's like he was out hunting. <laughs> yeah, hunting for signs of hypocrisy. His friend replied, giggling. Oh, wow. Does that mean he's the... Uh, Hypocrisy hunter? Yeah, that's what we should call him. <laughs> the boy decided before starting what would soon be a familiar chant. Hunter. hunter. Hypocrisy, hypocrisy hunter. hunter. Hypocrisy hunter. Hypocrisy hunter. Hypocrisy hunter. Hypocrisy hunter. The crowd chanted. Okay. <laughs> yeah? I mean, I, I want to be the hypocrisy hunter. You know, that's hey, really what? badass. Hey, what you with us? Hypocrisy hunter. hunter. Hypocrisy hunter. Hypocrisy hunter. That's terrible. Let's never do that again. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Rupert, been agreed. We've, we've all embarrassed ourselves here. <laughs> Rupert was seamlessly fading into the throng of students heading to registration, but he still heard the chanting and smiled. I guess that's what I am now, he thought. I'm the hypocrisy hunter. That's the, that's the first chapter. So, first impressions on this uh, novel. I like it better than the last one. It's easier to follow. That it is. It's definitely <laughs> I mean, we, we have less characters here. There's, uh, there's some romance going on, potentially. There's some fat people, which I could always get behind. Yeah. <laughs> Physically? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what say, Amanda. Amanda's my kind of girl. <laughs> I like them. Ooh, Amanda's feisty. I like my girls obese and having heart conditions. 
<laughs> the bigger and closer to death, the better. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if she was also, nice, I mean, to be fair, if Amanda wasn't like bullying other people and stealing their money, you know, maybe she'd be a very nice girl. But she, but but by definition, she's not because she's mean. I, I, <laughs> I love that. I love that synopsis there. If she wasn't such a bitch, she wouldn't be a bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, play five out, five out, five Harry Potters for that first uh, <laughs> that first chapter. Uh, let's keep it up. Okay, well, let's move on to chapter two. All week, the halls of Oxbow Lake High School were buzzing with talk of this hypocrisy hunter that had seemingly come out of nowhere and stopped their resident bully from throwing her considerable weight around. But the odd thing about him was that nobody <laughs> like that <laughs> considerable weight around, and now it's the author bullying his own character. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of Wait, bullying happening in that's this. That's a really good thought. Like, what 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 is the author? You know, like there's there's this concept around fat. There's being like, a there, hypocrite there, going on so far, you yeah, know? There's, and, a, there's like a meta bullying happening here where like the author is in a way bullying her, his, um, his or her characters. I, I mean. think the well, author likes chubby girls, but that he was bullied by chubby girls at the same time. So he's got kind of a cognitive <laughs> dissonance going on, and he's, he's trying going, to figure it out by he, writing this story. You're going full psychoanalysis over there. He, be, he was the chubby bee, and now he is the stinging Oh, wasp. so he was, he, he was Amanda. Maybe he's super fit now. Maybe he was, like, super fat, like, in high school, and got super fit, like, in you know, junior year, and now he beats up fat chicks. So, like, he's like a superhero. <laughs> so, so, wait, so is he Rupert or is he Amanda? Oh, he's both. Oh, he's both. Yeah. This, this, this is a deep philosophical work here, I gotta say. Guys, I need a cigar. I need, you know, I need something that makes me seem smarter than I actually am. I need some <laughs> intellect points. You need a, a silk nightgown. Those are, those are nice. But the odd thing, <laughs> like Hugh Hefner, <laughs> that's what he hey, too, too soon, man. <laughs> too soon? It's still like two years. Too soon. <laughs> I feel the same way about Robin Williams and 9-11, so too soon. <laughs> They're all too soon. <laughs> you, got a, you got a long time. Yeah. Uh, but the odd thing about him was that nobody remembered his face or could place his voice. Maybe the hypocrisy hunter was just a new kid who didn't actually know how the school worked. It was probably a one-time thing. A rare act of kindness. Well, that's how Bella saw it, or as her devoted fans called her on her beauty vlog, Bella of the Ball 20. Ladies and gentlemen, the hypocrisy hunter that you're hearing about will fade away soon. He has nothing to fuss over and worship and idolize. She ranted to anyone who would dare click on her website. He did well in stopping that fat chick from being a bully, but that's all he'll do. There's no need to chant hypocrisy hunter, hypocrisy hunter as he leaves because chanting a nickname makes him seem like he'll come back. Spoiler alert. He won't. Smiling, she pressed the oh. enter button on her computer and ignored the chime on her phone that stated what she already knew had happened. Soon, her followers would spread her words far and wide and throughout the high school in which she reigned supreme. Shredding her faithful computer down, she took a bite out of a granola bar. A girl had to learn to watch her figure, tied her blonde hair into a ponytail, and cracked her knuckles. Now she was off screen. It was time to go after the useless specimens that were ruining the, je the gene pool, namely her bestie, Francis, who had braces and glasses, an annoying voice, and frumpy grandma clothes that didn't even hide her unflattering figure. Ew. It could have been a really good pun if she incorporated fatness with 
the jeans. <laughs> Just pointing it out. That would have been a, a woozy. Francis was secretly viewed as disgusting by Bella. The same way anything that wasn't as perfect as her was seen as disgusting. Hey, ugly! Get me a smoothie out of the fridge, and don't take so long this time! Bella shrieked, making Francis sigh sadly. This was how Bella usually treated her when they weren't at school, out with friends or making it another makeover video with Francis as the unwilling star of the show. The scars of so many on-screen, friendly taunts ran deep. And make me a large plate of fries, too! I'm going to be hungry. But, Bella! Francis piped up meekly. You said in one of your videos that fries were disgusting and shut up about the videos! Bella screamed. If I wanted a whiny, pathetic voice of following me wherever I went, I'd ask! Francis shut up. <laughs> Good! Now get to work! Frankie's being a little bitch. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> You should stand up to Bella, who's being a bully. He's, Bella is a bully. There's a lot of bullying happening in the in this story. I think that's one of the main themes. It's, it's definitely bullying. a main theme. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Bullying. I don't think this type of bullying uh, kind of holds up to nowadays. You'd be. It's kind. It's pretty universally hated if you were this. Well, no, but person. she she's only doing it to Francis, not to anybody else. No one sees it. Yeah. Ah, so and she's like her I think sidekick. The only, the only way that Francis would take it if if he had a crush on Bella. Oh, it's a she. Francis. Yeah, Francis is a she. Francis is a guy's name. No, 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 it's a she. It's this like one. naming a a guy Courtney. That's the thing. I, I, my dad had a friend named Courtney. Uh, you Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Francis. Names. Come on, man. House of Cards. <laughs> Kevin Spacey was Francis. So. <laughs> After Francis has played a part of Bella's loyal maid, Bella decided a little public exposure would be good to teach Francis her place as her lackey. Would you like anything else? Francis asked. We're going to the mall. Bella snootily explained oh, to Francis. I wish you, uh, if you could just say that in uh, Kevin Spacey's voice. That'd, uh, that'd be amazing. Because I heard about this fabulous new deal on a bottle of perfume. Because all our idiot fans paid me to take beauty videos for their ugly faces. I've got cash to burn, so get moving. That mixed really well with the story. <laughs> <laughs> she roughly shoved several bags oh. into Francis's stick-like arms, and Francis staggered backwards, steadying herself on a wall. Puh. I gotta say, the author is bullying the shit out of the characters just as much as the people in. <laughs> yeah. I know, and like, how are fat people supposed to enjoy reading this? I feel like this, you know. You're, you're well, also, Francis, they just described her arms as stick like. Like, that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> stick like. Pathetic. Bella muttered as she strode out the door. At the mall, Bella looked around at the shop fonts with an eye of a huntress, occasionally sending a disdainful glance to the Francis as she struggled with Bella's purchases. Is there anything else? Of course there's going to be something else, you idiot. Bella snarled. I hate it when you do this. Always looking at me with those ugly brown eyes that look worse because of your nerd glasses. What? What? Francis stammered. <laughs> Bella glared at her with rage-filled oh eyes, which was all it took to make her shut up. Bella strode over and snatched the shopping bags out of Francis's hand. I should have done this years ago, you twerp. 
She grinned, before letting an array of punches loose on her vulnerable friend. Frances screamed with pain and tried to get away, but she was eventually forced downwards and beaten even more. Her face was targeted the most, and both eyes were swollen with what eventually become black eyes. Her glasses were knocked off her face and deliberately trodden on. This is brutal. <laughs> yes, this is like that. I, I, I feel like we need to, like, call someone or something. Like, I, <laughs> I, I know, feel... like, we're... <laughs> This would be like a hotline for you just like, did reading the steal story. Bella's weed or something? What no, happened? she's just she's just ugly. She's just ugly according to Bella. And that's it. Like I don't know. I've I know some ugly people in my life. I've never felt enough rage to beat them to a pulp because they were ugly. Yeah, especially when they're like being so like nice. Like they're being like, "Let me carry your bags. Let me make you food. Let me star in all your YouTube videos." Like, oh god, <laughs> Bella's the worst. <laughs> Why did you do this to me, Bella? Francis whimpered. You, you said that I was your best friend. Aww. Only for my stupid fans. Bella confessed angrily. They love to see friends who are nothing like each other. I'm the blonde, beautiful, stylish one. You're the ugly brunette with clothes she stole from her grandma. That's how life works. <laughs> Deal with it, loser. And with that... Bella flounced. Grandma can look cool too. <laughs> and with that, Bella flounced off home, yelling, "Carry my stuff, Francis!" Behind her, like nothing happened. The next day at school, Bella strutted in her way in, looking fabulous. Her hair was in a stylish fishtail braid. Her makeup looked perfect, and her clothes were coordinated perfectly. But nobody was there to see it because all of them were crowded around the most unlikely person, Francis. This had to be stopped immediately, especially since she could see him talking to a boy that was actually rather attractive. Oh, hey, guys! She called, attracting the crowd's attention. What's so interesting over there? As a sort of automated response, the crowd, the crowd huddled collectively around Francis and started to yell at her. I can't believe you're so two-faced, Bella! One, one girl told her. My little sister watches your channel, you heartless witch! She's just seen this video about you, and she's probably still crying! A boy shouted. He looked enraged, and the crowd mirrored his expression. No, that wasn't a crowd anymore. That was an angry mob searching for blood. Video? Bella stammered, not looking so sleek now. Yes, there's a video! It's been posted by the hypocrisy hunter himself! Francis yelled. <laughs> Gone was the wimpy persona she once had, not that it was missed. There was now a bruised but confident young woman standing in her place, and she had a few things to say to Bella. I've been your Woo. best friend since you started this vlog, and it's been hell every step of the way thanks to your ridiculous demands like a bowl of Skittles, but with only red, green, blue, and purple skills in there. You insult both me and your fans on a daily bonus basis the moment the camera's off, and I begin to wonder if your beauty tips even work. I couldn't say anything because you said you get your army of followers to kill me if I do, but they seem to have deserted you now. So I guess I have one last thing to say to you. I quit! The crowd cheered for Francis, and they threw her hand up in the air, shouting, Three cheers for Francis! Hip hip hooray! Hip hip! Hip hip hooray! Hip hip hooray! Carrying around the school while Bella watched on, shocked. They really like chanting in this. <laughs> she did not expect this, uh... this at all. Why were they applauding Francis, that utter nobody, and not her? She was the popular pretty girl. Francis was a nobody. Nine more, no. bitch! Oh! That, 
<laughs> Hell, that plain Jane was only famous because of her anyway. But there was nothing she could do about it now. That damned hypocrisy hunter had destroyed any chance of fame for her. Curse you, hypocrisy him. hunter! Let me get this right. The hypocrisy hunter filmed the fight. Yeah. But didn't intervene because he's a didn't dick. Do he didn't. He didn't intervene. Yeah, he I, he must have thought it'd be more effective to show all her fans. But he could on both. Yeah. Was he the mildly attractive one? I mean, we haven't. We don't know if he's attractive or not. But he. I mean, he sounds he's attractive from his actions. <laughs> he might be that teddy bear okay. from Family Guy. Yeah, or maybe he is a nerd. <laughs> How are you imagining him like? I, We're figuring it out slowly. Imagine I'm imagining like a literal. A I'm imagining like a literal, a literal Clark Kent, like Clark Kent, but like only five feet tall. That's good to know. Kent. Like Superman. Ah, like American Dad guy. Yeah, like Stan. I could see, I could see Stan doing this. Yeah. But like really small Stan. Mm-hmm. I'll videotape these two girls fighting. So right. I can post right. it on my website. Uh. She was the popular pretty girl. Frances was a nobody. Hell, that plain Jane was only famous because of her anyway. But there was nothing she could do about it now. That damned hypocrisy hunter had destroyed any chance of fame for her, and she couldn't fight fight him over it because she didn't know who he was other than the hypocrisy hunter. The only option she had was to do what she'd never done before, lay low and not bother with climbing the social ladder. Meanwhile, going completely unnoticed... Rupert Harris watched on, smiling to himself as Frances got the recognition she deserved. Well, now, I've got two bits of experience under my belt, he thought. Maybe I should go for a hat trick. Okay, that's the end of chapter two. <laughs> okay. So, what do you guys think of it so far? How do you think this is uh, turning up? I really dislike high school stories. <laughs> or... Just so gimmicky. Like they 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 play on the worst of everyone's emotions. But like, Rupert he's such a hero. Rupert is a hero. <laughs> it's not but Rupert's imaginary and that's where he belongs and is. It's just like a a shadow of what it actually is like. <laughs> I mean, that is fair. But maybe maybe your opinion will change. With chapter three. I think the author made great <laughs> use of symbolism. Really? During chapter two. You think so? Yes. What symbols uh, really... Uh, he just made great use of symbols. <laughs> so you don't know. So, but, yeah, but what symbols did he use greatly? A smoothie. The smoothie? Yeah. What smoothie? When Bella asks... <laughs> oh, she's thinking a smoothie. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's symbolism. That's... <laughs> You sure that's symbolism? I just love how big of bullies these people are. Like, it's not like, you know, cyberbullying, where I would imagine a lot more of this would do. Like, literally, they're physically assaulting them. They're, like, you know, like, grabbing them. They're giving them black eye. Like, these people... Got, like, what high school... A symbol for all the kids yeah, you go to jail for that. Together. Yeah, this is, a, this is in the 80s anymore. Like, this oh, is assault. I'm, I'm better than all those kids, and I'm good ground them and eat them up. <laughs> so, so you're saying the smoothie is a symbolism for Bella grinding up and swallowing all of her followers on Instagram. Yes. Oh, I, I follow. That makes sense. I'm, I'm down with it. <laughs> I can dig it. A genius, I'm telling you. Also, it's you are correct. This would make a lot more sense if they were doing it over Facebook, not like physically punching each other and yelling at each other. 
Like this is hardcore bullying. Like, but I'm not. I'm gonna take a wild guess here. I apologize, author, if I'm completely off base with this. But you gotta be what, like 24? Well, oh, well, 2005. No, 2000. Oh no, never mind. This, this is this one's 2000, newer. 2018. So what? You would say at the oldest, 22, 23, 24. You know, I don't think he's a. You know, this person's only older than that. What high school did you go to? And like the early 2010s, where literally people were assaulted to the point where they had double black eyes, and it's just like, oh, that's just a bully, you know? Like Dude, that's, that's not a bully, <laughs> that's an assaulter. That is like someone yeah. going to jail for years because they are physically assaulting an individual. Maybe, maybe we just got real spoiled and went to a high school that didn't have that. Yeah. But I feel like that's not – I feel like most high schools – because I've been to some sketch high schools down in down in South Texas for debate tournaments and stuff. And even then, like, it was usually not like – it wasn't like bullying. It was just straight up like actual violence. <laughs> like it was like people getting yeah, mad you, at each other Yeah, you just shoot someone, right? You know, yeah. like, I mean, come on. There's either – you know, there's no this like beating people up. You're either completely passive aggressive or you shoot up a school. There's no in between. <laughs> Uh, well, let's see if that's what happens in this next chapter. I I don't know how he's gonna stop this one. Oof. Uh, Nobody could hypocrisy. look at Mark. <laughs> what was that? I really hope the hypocrisy hunter gets a another Get- nickname. <laughs> you don't like uh, the name hypocrisy hunter? No. I thought I mean, it was. I thought it was brilliant. Okay, I understand it for the fat chick. Like that makes sense to me. Like the fat chick calling other people fat. But what is the beauty queen? Like, where's the hypocrisy there? Like a beauty queen being a stuck-up bitch. Like that just seems par for the course, you know? That's a good point. It's gonna have to lose it. I'd say point zero four Harry Potter's in my scale. I'm the not gonna that lie. That second one. Was a two out of five on the Harry Potters for me. You know that oh, first really? chapter. You didn't, you didn't like... That first chapter did so much better with giving us the hypocrisy hunter because that's a title. You know, that's the, like that's the title. Mate, he should have put. He could have put the third chapter last and then left his name a mystery for the entirety of the people. Would be like, who's this mysterious guy? And he it, comes it, back at the end and says, "I am Batman, the hypocrisy hunter." Oh no, never mind. Oh, not not Ant Man. <laughs> Anyway, let's do this. Nobody could look at Mark and say that he had nothing going for him. Mark had everything going for him. He was the president of the school council, captain of the school athletics team, and the category tall, dark, and handsome fit him like a glove. Uh, it didn't hurt gonna, that he was top. What? Are oh. we going to chant for Mark now? I, I don't think we're going to chant for him. I feel like he's a villain. <laughs> you feel like he's a villain? What makes you say that? Uh, because, I don't know, like, he's the captain of the school athletic. If we learn anything, it's that the people in power in the school uh, physically assault or rape people, I'm guessing. So, well, let's how find was out. your high school experience? <laughs> My high school experience had a lot of drugs in it. Didn't have, you know, there wasn't no, like, you know, beating people up. You just got high with them, like, all the time. Getting high with it didn't okay, hurt that okay. he was top of his class in all his subjects, and also the dream boyfriend of every girl in the school, in theory. Mark was also a massive jerk to his girlfriend, dropping like a piece of tainted garbage if they ever let themselves go even a little bit. Some girls referred to his girlfriends as trackies, since they would eventually resort to basically living in a gym. To Another clean. fat thing. We are <laughs> yeah. noticing a trend here, gentlemen. Like, you know, I, I don't think body image is as... 
Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we just went to a weird high school. But did anyone ever get insulted for, like, being fat or, like, you know? I mean, it like, happened, but it wasn't, like, I don't think it was super common. Like, I think did, was people, it vocal? Really? Like, do you was, even remember, like, people being like, oh, you're fat or, you know? Well, like, I, I remember the teachers being pretty, pretty hard on that, being like, hey, don't fucking do that. Like, just, like, don't make fun of, like, don't, like. Because, like, there's a difference between, like, making fun of somebody and then just straight up insulting them. So the teachers are pretty good about being like, no, you're just straight up insulting them, trying to hurt their feelings. Like, stop. It's more of a middle school thing than a high school thing. Totally a middle school thing. Like, uh, middle school was totally like that. Middle school, oh, that was brutal, man. Everyone's just a yeah, dick. Middle schoolers don't have the, like, the... Shame. The, the shame of, like, just straight up insulting someone for I, almost no reason. So, like, you know? I don't know, they're, man. They're so I literally ignorant. went to a school in Detroit. And, like, someone being called fat, I can't even imagine. It wasn't even the top five of, like, bowling techniques that you could do. You know? You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there's a lot of things. that you Like, being fat, like... You know, that's such a other you you feel like because if you think about like high school and like, you know, middle school, it's a whole lot of like I'm self-conscious about myself. Oh, God, was everyone else thinking of me that you're not even paying attention to what other people, you know, even look like. So I just there's a lot. Of, I'm just saying there's a lot of fat, like, you know, anti-fat going on here. But, you know, well, let's see what's going down. Well, maybe I'll, now that uh Amanda Amanda, yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, Amanda is out of the picture. She's decided to not uh, climb the social ladder. Maybe we won't have maybe, maybe maybe this is the revolution that you're asking for. Yeah, that that's out of this high school now. That's unpopular to make fun of fat people ever since the the hypocrisy. If if you're well, if you're fat, showed up. Because if, if you remember, he said at the beginning, most boys would say she could gain to lose a few pounds. Okay, so okay. obviously. <laughs> It's okay to bully people <laughs> as long as you're not a hypocrite. As long as you're not a hypocrite, it's fine. Well, I mean, the author sounds like a little bit of a hypocrite. If I was, you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, to be fair, making a short story about being a hypocrisy hunter is a bit of a hypocritical move, in my opinion, because he's got to make all these villains and bully them through the yeah. meta. He has to meta bully them through the narrative. I mean, that's what makes this novel so great. It's philosophically deep. We've been talking about the philosophy of this novel for this entire time. I mean, it's, it's just the symbolism. the symbolism. It is philosophical. I'm not going to lie. I've put more critical thought into this, you know, novel than I ever did for Harry Potter. So, you know, good, <laughs> that does good, bring it up. Good job. There, there's a lot of analogies in Harry Potter with this. Just think of Malfoy. Like, but it's this like, is the type of bullying that is uh, well, here's the, here's all the, of Harry Potter. Okay, here's why you're wrong. Because, uh, like... Your parents are dead. I mean, like, it's like... There's good... But, like, J... I mean, you know, J.K. Rowling always easily defined who were the good guys and who were the bad guys. So, like, you know, this one, we don't even know if the good guys are good. Because if this is coming from the narrative of the good guy, he's kind of a dick, too. You know, like, he's being judgy as well, too. So you can't trust anyone. <laughs> there's more Classic. moral ambiguity than any type of, you know, Harry Potter book. Classic broken narrative and genre. Let's see how Mark's doing. <laughs> so most okay. of the time, Mark stayed single, which he convinced himself he was good for his image. Mark also had another vice that kept him <laughs> hidden from everyone. Something that, that he Mark. knew he could permanently taint his squeaky clean image if word ever got out. Mark would only do it only do it in situations where he knew he wouldn't or couldn't be caught. 
Mark was a professional shoplifter, and he'd been doing it for Wow, you have the dark kid <laughs> be the yeah. shoplifter? Jesus Christ, dude. Way to, oh my God. <laughs> way to break down social boundaries right there. It's hey, like... we never said uh, Hypocrisy Hunter was trying to get rid of racial stereotypes, David. That's very hypocritical 20, of this was, writ- this was written in 2018, which means that racial stereotypes are still definitely a thing, and racism still exists in the United States. I don't know what you're expecting from him. He's uh, like this hypocrisy hunter guy. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to follow the dark kid, because he's probably a shoplifter or something. Well, he's we tall, dark, and handsome. So, And so, handsome. Oh. Yeah. Balances it out. Um, Mark is a professional shoplifter, and he'd be doing it for ages. He's been doing it since he was 10. When he dared to steal a packet of sweets by his big brother, that was when he first experienced the thrill of getting out of a shop with pockets full of sweets and a big grin on his face as he waved to the security guard. None of those idiots had a clue. Candy was quickly deemed to be below him, and he moved on to bigger, more expensive targets. The cheap jewelry store that sold wire earrings and necklaces would suddenly find themselves short. He gave them to his latest girlfriend as a gift. As she smothered him in kisses and showed off her gift, he gave a sigh of relief. He didn't have the goods anymore. He was safe. But Sue is soon his Wow. Ca- <laughs> <laughs> now she'll be arrested. <laughs> what? Yeah. They figure out. He, she took him. <laughs> but soon his eye and taste and his natural tendency never want to pay for it led him to an electronic part of the store. But getting away with it wouldn't be so easy. Security measures were much were too much for him, and his greed whispered a cruel idea in his ear, going for the second-hand stock. And by second-hand, he meant the stuff that still belonged to other people. It wasn't long until an increase in stolen phones, watches, and tablets were noticed around the school. Students and teachers were panicking about the crisis. Some kids restored to keeping their valuables with them at all times, which was against school rules. Some teachers didn't even care if students had their prized possessions with them, while others were more strict. Okay. Uh... One motherfucker. One. Is causing a theft panic around the school? How many things are he stealing? That's I don't know. This guy's a pro. Like He's okay, an artist. Wait, okay, okay, okay. Maybe. I mean, no one's noticing the kid with uh, five iPads. You know, that's <laughs> he not just has a big. Hey, what? have you guys what? noticed that all of Mark's girlfriends have like five iPads, four pairs of running shoes, and like sixteen earrings? One of them literally says Tommy on one of their pairs of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> also, I mean, maybe this is a small high school. Maybe I'm overthinking it. This could be like. A 400-person high school. I mean, we. I know we all went to multiple thousand. Like, I think we went to one that was, like, what, like 7,000 people or something like that? Mine? Yeah. It was 1,500. Okay, so about the same size as ours then. About 1,500. About 700 per, in the senior class or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, it was 1,500 in our senior class. Oh, it was 1,500 so just in your senior class? I guess 3,000 total, but it's only for two years. It's yeah, do you think one person could cause... Do you think one person could cause a stealing panic at your high school? Only if they dedicate their entire life to it. <laughs> well, I mean, like, uh, uh, so say you steal an iPhone, right? I, I, I'm really bothered by it. So say you steal an iPhone. Yeah. There's tracking on it. You yeah. can literally go online and figure out where your iPhone is at. Like, I mean, like... Uh, wh- and you know all the parents are tracking their kids. I mean, Absolutely. Like my parents did that. Everyone does that. Like you, you track I mean, my your parents kids did secretly. Do that, but you know, they might I, have. You just would never know. I was no. They really didn't. I was <laughs> drunk no and high. All the time. <laughs> track you guys. There's no way. No, yeah, they did. We'd have to turn off our phones to sneak out. 
So we'd have to like either turn off our phones, but then they got smart and they said, "Don't turn off your phone because we know you." And so we'd have to go and like hide our phones in bushes near places where we we're allowed to be, and then we'd go and drive off and like smoke weed somewhere. I feel like it would have been fun to hang out with you guys when you were in high school. <laughs> it was we, pretty fun. We were crazy. You guys, you had college in high school. That's what happened. No, that's I know what happened. We like, were we very calmed, jaded by college. We calmed we... way down for college. Like maybe freshman year was pretty wild. But then after that, oh, it got hard. Like, we actually had to do classes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the great thing about high school. You didn't have to do anything. You did college in high school. Got it was great. System before college. Oh, my God. Mark used this to his advantage. People wanted to know that their stuff was safe. Well, if he wanted to keep his spot as president of the school council, that's what he'd have to push for. The topic of strength in locker doors came up frequently in debates. He was a classroom name. He knew that school would never cough up the money for so many new lockers. So after a hiatus from stealing in an effort to convince the student body that the thief had stopped, he went back to his favorite hobby. He knew exactly how to penetrate the flimsy locker doors, sliding a plastic ruler inside a crack in the door and twisting it until it gave way. He'd been causing, casing this joint for all of two weeks, and he knew that the student was a loner. A loner with some very nice gear and a false sense of security, to be precise. He swept the pricey headphones and tablet and stuffed them into his backpack. Mark would be a rich man by the end of the week if he played his cards right. The next day, Mark continued to jump support for himself at the next debate by talking about things everyone hates about the school. The lack of vegetarian options in the cafeteria, the rats in the school. <laughs> you know, of course, of course. That, that, that hot topic among high schoolers, the, if there's vegetarian options. Look, man, I just want my veggie cappuccino with my vegetarian meal. I'm just really nettled about this, guys. Uh, that's a big thing at the debate. Hot topic. Hey, you know, I haven't been in high school for a while. Maybe this is, like, Maybe it is new hot. I remember there being plenty this of vegetarian is... options, though. There was cheese pizza, salad. Uh, mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks. Oh, corn. Chicken. Yeah, vegan options. They <laughs> yeah, that, 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 vegan that chicken, options, you know? Vegan options could be a hot topic. French fries. But you can always bring your own food. It's school. Yeah. Yeah, why, why on earth? If you, I'm sorry. If you're vegetarian or vegan, bring your own food. Okay. Like, well, they have vegetarian options. It's just called cheese pizza, and they serve it like every day in most schools. Right. So, like, who cares? Well, maybe not most schools, but a lot of schools do that. That's not vegan. Right. Yeah. I'm saying if you're vegan. What about, what, <laughs> not, what about the yeah. vegans? I, well, they, they can bring their own. Uh, I mean, I don't eat vegan. I'm mainly just vegetarian. But, <laughs> I mean, the vegans can bring their weird almond cheese and and lettuce salad to school for <laughs> as opposed to their normal salad it's a lettuce salad it's like it's a lettuce ooh, salad it's super vegan well, normal salad has grilled chicken on it <laughs> no it doesn't <laughs> have you not been to mcdonald's <laughs> no i haven't uh, you should it's great brand new store never it's very local very hip okay because the lack of vegetarian options in the cafeteria, the rats in the school garden, and the security of the school lockers. His supporters cheered, and his enemies looked in grudging admiration. One of his assistants handed over a memory stick as he talked. Mark paid her no attention. Or was that a he? Mark couldn't tell with that hoodie on. However, he did recall telling someone to put some music on during the latest display of self-promotion. That's mu That must be what they're doing. Then, everyone stopped cheering and chanting standing still and peering over each other's heads in order to see better. Whispers soon became gasps of shock and soon howls of outrage. Hisses and boos filled the air, and Mark finally swiveled around to see the damning video of himself stealing from people's lockers. But that wasn't all. Someone had snapped him stealing from a jewelry store and then got his girlfriend's gifts from. Then tell a sweet shops, the lunch of a new student, when the poor boy wasn't looking. 
Balled up posters were thrown at him and many more were ripped up in front of his eyes. His loyal assistants were leaving his side. And all Mark could think of was how his school life had been ruined by that kid with the black hoodie. That ruined boy looked around for them, but he was too late. Whoever that was had gone. Meanwhile, Rupert sat outside the library, cradling the tablet and headphones that Mark had stolen. The tracking jib had worked like a charm in catching the school thief. But deep down, Rupert knew that he couldn't continue calling out hypocrites. Not at this school, at least. He'd have to get his act on the road now. It was his last year here. But there was a hypocrisy hunter inside everyone. The legacy he started would never die. <laughs> Beautiful. Pretty good, right? The end. Yeah, yeah. The, the writing really wasn't that bad on that one. I feel I like mean, he just got lucky. Good. It sounds okay when you're talking, but when you're reading it, it is, it is kind of clunky. I was having problems because some of these sentences are really... Really, they all make sense. They're they set up weird. Like he'd have. That's just a hard thing to say. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say like it was. It wasn't bad though. It was definitely technically, from a technical standpoint, pretty good. Considering how much I've had to dive into these archives, this is not bad. From a God is talking about some edgy topics. I think the that probably they gonna be their that. wasp sting name that they've given themselves. The the wasp sting. Yeah, I mean it was pretty edgy. You got to give it that definitely edgy i still am it's interesting you know i don't know how he started like the jewelry because it sounds like the jewelry store was first so what we are led to believe is that this dude just had a hunch that this guy was stealing stuff and started recording him because he's like catching him before even like the school scandal happened so we don't know whether or not this guy's just racist and just you know it's very uh, a, possible. A wrong Rupert's, clock, you know, struck twice. Uh, I, I feel like the hypocrisy hunter is probably a little racist. I mean, when you're looking for hypocrisy, you you can't bring in questions of, am I maybe looking at this the wrong way? No, no, no. But here's the thing. Hypocrisy. What's hypocritical about stealing? So the is way that, I see it, I really, really liked chapter one because he, he was... jumped straight into the action and i thought that was the exposition oh he's gonna introduce the main characters during the action of chapter one that's great but then no chapter one was just a pattern that he was going to repeat in chapter two and chapter three in chapter three I mean, and yeah it, it, yeah i agree it, with that kind of sucked yeah i mean i chapter do love the, the self-righteousness of the author i do love that um it felt very white nighty you guys know what i mean by that yes yeah definitely and so it felt a little bit like that to me, you know, um, yeah. a little bit of a Batman-esque, but not as cool because he's, you know, not Batman. Um, but, I mean, I feel like this could become a comic book, and I, and I hope it does. I hope DC picks it up. It will revitalize their dying company. <laughs> DC is dying? No, fine. See, only dying. the only first chapter actually had hypocrisy in it. I feel like so you know that's that is true. I mean, look yeah, at very blunt, obvious hypocrisy. Like, I mean, why didn't they like you know? I'm just a suggestion here. You know, obviously, we want to critique, give some advice here. Maybe you know he goes after a politician who's for you know like uh, privatized healthcare, and then he flies to Canada to get you know. A social into a socialist country and gets you know medical stuff there. We can you know the yeah, hypocrisy like hunter could have helped them. Maybe Mark instead of stealing, he could have been talking about how the school needs to, um, 
increase security policies increase security policies i guess i mean i don't know it's not really it's hard to come up with maybe i know that hypocrisy is a very common like insult slash like you know gotcha that like that like high schoolers have like oh you're being so hypocritical mom and dad but um yeah hypocrite yeah hip you're such a hypocrite tell me not to smoke cigarettes even though you've smoked them for the last 20 years it's like, okay. Okay, oh, kid. that's a good one. Being like, oh, they should have like the religious boy who's like, oh, drugs will send you to hell, and then like he catches him like smoking a doobie. Yeah, that would yeah, have been a good hypocritical thing. Or yeah, that um, like, or the like, only reason I exist is because you have an unprotected sex. So why can't I? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking hypocrite. We could have done, they could have done a gay one too. Like, oh, it's all sinners are gonna go to hell, you know? Like, all gay people, they're terrible, they're evil, and then like he catches and then him with, and a, then he ends up hey, being he's gay. an alcoholic. No, what? But, but <laughs> wait, what? I was like saying he does a different sin. Like, you know, it's like, oh, hey, you're just... oh, he does a different sin. I thought I was about to say, yeah, I don't know if it would have been a great story if they were like a oh, self-hating gay guy. man. You thought? <laughs> a self-hating oh my gay god, man was the villain. <laughs> just Mr. Garrison from South Park during seasons oh one God. through three. <laughs> that would have been an interesting chapter. I'll give it that. No, like he's doing a different sin, and that's like the whole thing. It's like, well, you, yeah. you know, we we're supposed to love you. you... What do you guys <laughs> think? How many Harry Potters? I out of how many Harry Potters? Out of how many Harry? Potters? <sighs> I, I would give it, give it a three out of five Harry Potters. If I was to go off of the first page alone, I would definitely give it a five out of five. However, the last two chapters definitely drag it down, and I'm gonna give it a two out of five Harry Potters. Two out of five. Two out of five. What about you? I really just don't like high school stories. <laughs> So I give, I'm gonna give it a one out of five, and that, I'm I'm definitely biased. You know, I I try to stay unbiased in these scenarios, but you know, sometimes you just can't. And I know I offered my unbiased opinion, but I'm gonna give you my biased opinion. I get you, man. I watched a few of those high school animes, and I'm not into them. <laughs> like they're no good. <laughs> so that averages out to a two out of five. About a two out of five, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Well, those were uh so do you guys think this is going to take off? Do you guys think these are going to be the next big things? No. Really. You're going to have to keep looking. I'm going to have to keep looking. Okay. Well, that was great. Uh it's great to have you guys on. Uh of course come back anytime. Oh yeah. Thank you for having us. And uh you know, this was Barry Jim's. Uh hopefully you guys can find the next Harry Potter. Uh anyway, see ya. Bye-bye. Hey, the stories, you know, they might take off. And if you have any other stories you think might take off, feel free to email them to us at barrygympodcast at gmail.com.